0: And the kids think I'm crazy, but you know, once once they see their dad running this much all the time, it's, it gets just like normal, right? Like your dad runs a lot. So, you know, they'll be like, how many miles do you run today? And I'll be like, oh, 30. And they'll go, that's pretty good. You know, And I'm thinking to myself, pretty good? That's like almost a 50K. But you know, it doesn't even impress them anymore, you know?
1: Huge welcome to the Ultra Running Guys family, Jeremy Reynolds, Jeff Winchester of the Ultra Running Guys, and we are crazy excited about our guest tonight. We have uh, Mr. Andy Glaze, firefighter from LA, California, and uh, if you guys have been seeing our stories, you know some of the stuff I'm about to say, but let me just kind of lay it out for you. Um, Part of the reason we're having Andy on, so Andy just completed his 47th straight 100 plus mile week so incredible. he's got, got an incredible streak going there logging over eight thousand miles in 2020. uh but if that's not mind-blowing enough he just wrapped up 10 weeks at 200 plus miles and in january like over a thousand miles for the second consecutive month so a thousand miles in december to finish off 2020 and over a thousand miles it was actually 1066 to be exact and 1,011 in January. So uh, just to break that down for you, number one in the world on Strava, boom, for both those months. Um, and not only that, but like I said, he's a firefighter, dedicated husband, uh, father of three. And there's, there's so much about this guy that we're going to talk to him tonight, but we're actually already planning on doing a second episode uh, just to dive into more. So if you don't hear it tonight, don't worry, we're going to get into it. Uh, but with that, Andy, thanks so much for joining us, man. How are you?
0: I'm good. Thank you guys for having me. I'm excited to be here. Awesome. In my living room. That, that's okay.
1: Zoom.
2: We're in a dining room, so it kind of works the same. <laughs> now, you should tell everybody what he actually did in 2020.
1: Yeah. Okay. So, so we went. This is actually a fun exercise for us. And, and Andy, I, I'm sure that you know these numbers, but we'll we'll find out um, because okay. I heard I heard also that you're kind of a data freak. You know, for the Strava stuff. But we combed I through. Do like sh- it. Yeah. <laughs> We combed through your Strava because really what we want to do is just kind of ground our audience. Obviously a thousand mile month sounds crazy. 8,000 miles. um, It just sounds out there. And so we kind of want to break it down to to something that you can kind of digest. So for 2020, we said 8,178 miles, but it wasn't flat for everybody. So we're on the coast. Most of our stuff is completely flat. You logged
0: 615,000 feet of elevation in 2020. I was gonna say, the funny thing is, is I was aiming for way higher than that, but uh, our local mountains burned down. And so I didn't have as many opportunities to run up them. So, um, but yeah, 615 is still pretty impressive, I suppose. It
1: is, man. And I mean, for context, your low months are probably more than than my year. And that's not a joke, um, just because we're out here on the coast, not, not really too many mountains around. Um, but let's take a look. So the last four weeks, Man, you averaged uh, 234 miles a week. And actually, I'm not going to do that. Let's talk about the last seven days, because I think that that was probably your biggest volume in a seven-day period. Tell me if I'm wrong. But you posted this morning, 276 miles in the last seven days.
2: That's just stupid.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I I got lucky because I only had to work two days this week. So I uh, I had five days to run at home. So it, it helped me a lot. Dude, that's um, you know, and I, I kind of had a, a, a I'll call it a low month. You
1: logged a hundred miles more in the last seven days than I logged in January, just to put it into perspective.
0: Um, yeah, but you guys have snow and stuff, right?
1: I mean, no, I'm, I'm
2: no, we're on the oh, east no coast no of North Carolina. Oh. No, Wilmington, North Carolina, man, no snow. Whatever excuse you're going to no. give, we, we probably don't have it. I, I'm injured, <laughs> but again, after hearing how many miles you have run, um, that doesn't even count. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um. I was trying to give you guys a
1: benefit of the doubt the, we've got a lot of doubt. So <laughs> to be honest, there's, there's a lot more numbers and we could continue to go through it just because it's to me, it's so interesting. Um, but one of the things that really stuck out in the last four weeks, man, you're logging 44 uh, hours per week. And so if we break that down in terms of time, that's a little over six hours a day. So literally 25% of your available day, you've been logging on Strava. Um, and so, so it's impressive, but if you were to stretch that out for a year, obviously you would say, Hey, the whole first quarter you ran, you know, three months out of the year. Now I know based off some of the posts, maybe that's not, you know, the goal. Um, but hopefully that just allows people to understand, uh, kind of what you've been up to. Um, and it's just fascinating. And so, so really, like I said, the questions we get a ton, we've gotten a ton of questions about this episode and they all break down to two things. How is he doing it? And why is he doing it? So let's start with the why, man. Um, A thousand miles in December and January, you know, 200, what did I say, 269, 76 miles in the last seven days. Why do it?
0: I mean, the very basic reason would be that I just love to run. um, And I get a lot of pleasure out of it. Uh, Beyond just the absolute love of running and what it does for my body and what it does for my mind and everything, it... it, um, I also do it because it quiets the mind and I have like a lot of stress in my life. And so when I go out and run, it allows me to decompress and like sort of shut off the brain a little bit. Um, Like firefighters have a lot of PTSD. And uh, for me, that's how I deal with my PTSD. Um, You know, I see a lot of stressful situations. I see a lot of horrible things happening to good people. And uh, you know, how do you get that out of your brain? And how I get it out of my brain is to run. So um, it it just like resets me. And I also I have a very well one. I obviously have a very addictive personality, but I have like a like a kind of like a fire inside that's always burning really hot. And so when if I don't run, if I don't if I'm not exercising or doing something, then I feel anxious. I get um, like stir crazy, and so it, it slows that down too. Um, it keeps me sort of at bay. My wife's always like so nervous that I'm going to get injured or something, and then she's like, "What are you going to do? You're going to go crazy," and uh, I probably would. I probably would go crazy. So um, half of it's mental, and then the other half is just you know, I just absolutely just love to run.
2: So so can, I'm going to dig a little if that's okay on that. Um, so you said yeah, that yeah. that as you as you run. Um, Because of everything you see as a firefighter and just trying to work through some issues maybe like ptsd and stuff like you're talking about um do you find that you are running and processing everything you've seen um in those situations or you're using that time to to almost kind of escape from that um experience and kind of just moving it out like shifting it just completely away
0: i I think it it quiets the mind so i'm not really thinking about it i mean if it's a really really stressful call or like something that's really upset me like in the beginning of the run I might uh dwell on it a little bit but as the the run progresses then it just sort of quiets out and then eventually just kind of goes away um and then I have less of a chance of going back and like rethinking about it throughout the day or or whatever and then you know I run in the morning and then I run in the evening so um if it's like you know if I if it comes back up then my evening run will hopefully knock it out um And obviously there's some calls and there's some things that I've gone through that, you know, one run isn't going to do it, but. You know, I run every day, so, you know, eventually it will uh, it'll it'll go away. So, but it it, it does help. It it really is helpful for me. And, you know, a lot of a lot of firefighters turn to like drugs and alcohol or or right now there's, you know, a pretty bad epidemic with suicides, which is just absolutely terrible. Out here, we have the California Professional Firefighter Union, and you know, they're really pushing a lot of information out about PTSD and trying to get uh, more firefighters' help on that. And it's not just firefighters, I mean, police, military, anybody that's like has to see all this horrible stuff on like a daily basis. It, it, It builds up, and when you're young, you don't think about it. And then as you get older and you're in your like, you know, 40s, 50s, 60s, um. It's just like this cumulative effect and it can be really really bad we're seeing a lot of like like older guys that have been in the job for 20 30 years and you know they're killing themselves because they never dealt with all these things that they've seen or experienced their whole career and it, you know um it's it's just really unfortunate
1: i'm curious how much because you've been doing this right and now you're getting this attention and people are, are watching and saying man that's incredible it, has running become any part of your identity? I know you said if you're injured that's one thing but if is it that it's you know if you couldn't run you'd feel like you're missing a part of yourself or is
0: it just having something to fill the gap of kind of the addictive pool? I, I think yeah running is a lot of who I am I mean I when you spend as many hours running as I have in the last 10 years or so it's it would be it'd be a big big hole in my soul if I couldn't um, I think on Strava, I've logged like 30,000 miles in the last couple of years. So and that's just a lot of time on my feet, but I, I've done a lot of triathlons in my day. Um, I always say to myself, you know, if I can't run, then I'll bike. If I can't bike, I'll swim. Um, I'll find something to do. I mean, I'll find something to stay active. If I, if I was in a situation where I couldn't run, I mean... I've weight lifted before and got really big and strong and buff and like was really into that. I mean, I'll find something to do, but for right now, like, yeah, running's my thing. I'm good at it. And, uh, you know, I have a good time. I mean, I really, you know, I really do. So. Well, you must, man. So one of the things that really
1: drew us about you, you know, drew us to you. And so Jeff's been following you for quite a while. He was a uh, volunteer to Badwater Cape uh, Fear out here and I think connected with you there or at least started following you. And so when he said, hey, you've got to check this guy out. One of the things that we talked about right away is your sign off for every post. Um, and I think I'm right. assuming it's kind of your your life philosophy. It's his tag, man. It's his tag. And, and yeah. for those that yeah. don't know, uh, well, why don't you go ahead and tell us what it is and what it means to you?
0: Okay, so I mean, I I end all my posts with smile or you're doing it wrong, Um, which that's like my mantra, because I just really feel like every day that you're able to go do what you love, you should be smiling about it. And um, it's sort of, I mean, it it came about a a a lot of different ways. But you know, one of the things is like, I do a lot of ultras, and you see people just absolutely like destroyed. And they're always just like grimacing and just just having like the worst time. And I, and I'm always just thinking to myself, like, man, you guys don't know how lucky you are. You're in a race. You're not at work. You're healthy. You know, obviously healthy enough to do an ultra. Like you should really be smiling about this. And if you smile on the outside, something happens on the inside and it actually does get, get easier. Um, and, and I find like, for me, like, obviously there's points in ultras where I don't want to smile, and. Uh, every time I come into an aid station, I always make myself just like, so happy, so smiling, like one, because I love that aid station people are, you know, out there doing what they're doing, because that's amazing. But two, it's just like, it makes you feel better. And so, you know, I just try to get that energy out to just remind people like, hey, I know sometimes running sucks, especially the first couple miles when you're warming up. But we're all just so lucky that we're not, you know, a paralyzed person or sick or injured or dead or at work. Um, we're, we're running and we're just super lucky. So yeah. for me,
2: I, um, and it's where I, I volunteered at the um, I was the captain of the aid station at Baldhead at the um, Cape Fear Badwater uh, where he, you know, everybody's on the beach the entire time. So I was aid station number two in the dead center. Uh, nobody around for four and a half miles each direction because it was in the, you know, in the middle of the beach there. And yeah, you would come up. Um, that's how I actually you stood out to me then because you were always happy. I was like, okay, he's one of the few people in the middle of where we are here that is still happy to be here. Of course, you were one of the top 10, I think, that year as well, um, probably both years, 17 and 18. Um, but, and I don't remember how you finished, but um, yeah, it stood out that you were always just happy. And so it's, it's been one of your tags that I saw early on um, about you, but you also don't just apply it to ultras. Um, you, you put it in every post, um, and I think it relates to even how you interact with your kids and your wife. Um, how do you see this, this philosophy, if,
0: if you will, or perspective?
2: Um, how does it translate to
0: other areas of your life? Well, I mean, I, same, same sort of thing. I mean, I, I just feel super lucky that, you know, the way my life is, and, um, you know, when I'm with my family, everything, I'm, I'm just trying to, like, you know, demonstrate to them and teach them as they're growing up that, you know, being happy and smiling and, and all that sort of stuff is, is, is really beneficial to, you know, your overall life. Um, the world is very tough. It's filled with horrible things. And um, you have to overcome those. But when you're around family, or when you're doing things that you love, you should enjoy them. And, and also like, you know, on social media, I'm not always trying to say like, everything's, you know, rosy and great like you know I have a couple posts on there where I I talk about you know my struggles and bad races or you know all that sort of stuff too so it's it's not all rainbows and unicorns
1: yeah for sure it's actually one of the things I really like and so you are very transparent um and like I said we're planning on doing a second episode and we're really going to dive I think deeper into that aspect because you've got some um I think rough races rough races, but some really cool, uh, your, your outlook on failure. And so we're not going to jump too much into it here, but I think it helps make you the, you know, the athlete that you are. Um, so one of the questions I have before we move away from that is, you know, the, the smile, you're doing it wrong. Uh, man, I know what time you get up in the morning and, and I know, you know, how much time you're spending running. And I'm sure knowing myself, the kind of conversations I have with myself, is that something you have to remind yourself of in the morning, you know, Hey, get up and do these things. Just just smile, I'm doing it wrong. Or there are times that uh, you just, it's suck it up. I'm not really happy about it. And I'll shift my energy when I can.
0: It, it's, you know, occasionally I, I don't really feel like it, but I mean, honestly, normally my body like wakes me up and I'm like ready to go. Uh, I know that sounds weird. Cause I wake up at two thirty in the morning, but um, it, it's more or less like there's occasional days where I physically don't feel super strong. Like, um, for whatever reason my body just doesn't like want to run like my mind's still like hey we're going for a run and my body's like whoa i'm, I'm feeling pretty sore today um and i'll have to like you know push through that you know, I, I normally call my wife and complain and tell her that i'm having a bad run and she tells me to suck it up but um that's awesome you know i, I occasionally like when i'm really like it's very rare but like you know i'll put on like a jocko video or something like that and uh you know, listen to his motivational speech and be like, yeah, yeah, what am I doing? I need to, you know, pull it together and then I'll like, you know, get out the door. But um, yeah, in the morning, I I love my mornings and I love my routine in the morning. So, you know, even though it's 2.30 in the morning and that sounds early to probably the entire world for me, it's just what time I wake up. So, you know, when I wake up, I'm like thinking, oh, I can't wait to eat. I can't wait to drink my coffee. You know, I'm like, "Get, get all my gear on and I'm, you know, I play on my phone a little bit, look at social media, whatever's going on. And then, you know, I, I get out the door and um, it's, it's, you know, it's quiet in the house and all the kids aren't running around, the wife's asleep. It's kind of like Andy time. And so uh, I, I enjoy it. So so I'm going to jump on a couple of things. And I think it's a perfect transition mm-hmm. um, to, to really
1: move to the, how you do this. So we talked some about the, why, Um, But you made a statement right that sometimes your body just doesn't want to run and so as you're doing that I'm thinking and so for everybody that's plugged in to close out the month of January between Friday and and Sunday, uh, you logged 147 miles right which included (laughs) 64 yesterday, um, which is cool, I mean, you know, obviously you're at this level where your body's for that, but then you woke up this morning. Right. You had to recover and and recovered with a little 30 mile jaunt, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so when you say, Hey, my my body doesn't really want to run. Um, you know, I want to put that into perspective (laughs) for people, um, that you are still demanding so much of yourself. Um, but as we move in into the, how, I think one of the things that we really talked about and I think that it's, that it's important is you're doing things that, that a lot of people would look at and say, that's insane or he's doing the impossible but the and to be honest when we first started looking at this right i said you were kind of like a freak like it's just amazing what you can do
2: like it's just so freaky that you're able to pull this off with your body and and the volume of miles you're doing it's it's this level that everyone looks at it's just almost insane and it's overwhelming from an emotional standpoint thinking how you know how 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 um but like I said, we, we talked about this for a few days, um, as we were thinking about like some of the things we wanted to talk to you about, and then we kind of flipped, we kind of thought, I mean, it's cool and it's, it's like amazing that you're, you're doing this and it's really neat. And you know, it almost feels like you're like this unique thing, but really what it provides us and provides, you know, anybody who's listening, um, and that begins to just follow you is that it's attainable. Like what you're doing is even though it seems really far out there and, and really kind of crazy, it's attainable for people. Um, because you're kind of showing that it can be done. And if you look at Strava, there are other people obviously that that do very similar numbers um, across the globe. Um, and it begins to show you that there's more of than than an n of one that this is something that that can be done in the human body. And so even though you know ninety nine percent of the ultra runners who are listening to this type of stuff are looking at you thinking, there's no freaking way. I can get to that point. It's doable. And, and that is how, what we want to talk about on the how and like how how do you get to where your body can allow you to do something like that. Um, And so, do we want to start with what it looks like in the morning? (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I, I want to hear kind of a day in the life. But just to piggyback, that's the big thing to me. And so for everybody plugging in, you know, we may, we don't, we don't need a a, a ton of Andy Glazes running around, right? Because you are doing these incredibly unique things. Um, But I think the lesson here is that we can close the gap between what we're doing and what you're doing and you're showing that that's possible. So as we get into the how, man, let's start digging into what you do and see if we can pick some things out that'll
0: help our audience, uh, you know, kind of make, close that gap. The big thing is, um, you know, if you told me like seven years ago that I was be doing this, I would tell you you were crazy. Um, I remember going to like the, my local running store and there was this older guy there that was like an ultra runner. And he told me that he, he was running a marathon and what he was gonna do was wake up early and run the course in reverse and get to the start line and then run the marathon. And I was like, that's 52 miles. He's like, yeah. And I was like, that's insane. And so, you know, I've been in the spot where, you know I was talking to an ultra runner thinking like this dude's crazy. Um, It was a very, very slow process. Like I did not just like, I slowly built up my mileage, mileage base to where where I was like where I'm at now um even when I started doing ultras like I did a lot of like 50ks 50 milers and stuff like that before I graduated to hundreds I know a lot of people like they want that buckle and they want to get it and they'll do whatever they need to get it but um you know I really really prepared myself mentally and physically before I did my first hundred um and even besides the races like the miles I was doing and the vert I was doing, like I really waited until I felt like I was ready, um, which I think was beneficial, uh, because I think if you if you start something too fast and get into it too quickly, that um, you know that's where the injury type stuff can can happen. Um, you know, I'm not a doctor, I don't I, I don't pretend to like understand all the bones in the foot and all that stuff, but you know I I do have a lot of friends that get injured, um, and so. It, in general, it's been a slow buildup, you know, maybe like 1,000 miles the first year I started running higher volume and then 2,000 and then 3,000 um, and then I, you know, I think I hit 5,000 and then I dropped back down to 3,000. But that slow buildup I think is like really important to where I'm at now because uh, even in 2020, if you look at my like first couple months, I wasn't running 100 mile weeks and I was running like 70, 80 miles, which you know, is still pretty high for, for most people but it was still a slow buildup back to, you know, the hundred mile week. And then it was like 120 mile week. And then it was like 130 mile week. And then once I got like past the one fifties and then, you know, things got a little crazy because my body was used to it. And, um, you know, now I'm at the point where, you know, my body is just really used to what I'm doing. It doesn't, I don't, I don't get like overly sore or like, um, just destroyed anymore, even if I run 30 miles or, or anything. I, I am a little destroyed from yesterday that 64 miles did touch me a little bit, but I still felt really, really good in my 30 mile run today. Um so my, my friend John, he has this saying it's called like run and not get tired. And 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 that's what I try to do. Like I, I'm at this point where I'm not sprinting. I'm not I don't I'm and it's more like a just a like a real casual just I'm just just running like and I'm just trying to be so efficient that I'm not like destroying myself while I'm doing it. And then that way I can, you know, keep doing it. That makes sense.
1: It Um, does. Absolutely. So let's,
0: I've heard you talk about efficiency and I'm kind of jumping
1: ahead a little bit, um, but I've heard you use the word efficient. Like, hey, I I run as efficiently as possible. Can you expand on that a little bit? So when you're out just for a daily run, um, it, it sounds like, you know, you're not too worried about pace, you're not too worried about some of the things. And you tell me if I'm wrong. Um, but how do you work to be efficient? And then what are you thinking about in terms of pace? Do you pick it up if you feel good? Are you looking for a certain effort level? Like, what does your run look like uh just day to day?
0: Yeah, I think it's mostly just like just perceived exertion. Like um, I just run and then, you know, occasionally I'll look at my watch and I'll be like, oh. 11 minute mile. Oh, nine minute mile. Like I don't, I don't really, I run at whatever my body wants to run at at that, that moment. It's it's really what my body wants. And sometimes like, you know, I'll run and I'll be like, man, I feel like I'm like flying and I'll look down and I'm doing like a 12 minute mile. And I'm like, is my watch broken or am I just really, you know, really tired right now? I, I don't know. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, right now, I mean, especially with this volume, I would say my, my mileage is like, honestly, between like 10 minute miles. And then at work, I do like, like 12 minute miles, which I know is super slow, but, um, you know, I'm running in basketball shorts and a cotton shirt and I'm holding like a two pound radio and my phone. And, you know, I'm having to listen to radio traffic and all this stuff. And I'm running this little loop. So somebody might look and go a 12 minute mile. Like I could walk that and, and, and maybe you could, but, um, it's it just it's what works for me at at work, but um, I'm a terrible walker. I hate walking and or hiking in the ultra uh, world. So for me, it's actually easier for me to jog at like a fourteen minute pace uphill than it is to hike it. I don't know if it's like my hamstrings are too tight or you know whatever it is, but like my body is just a terrible terrible walker. I'm so slow. And I always feel like if I start walking, then it's just like everything goes downhill. So when I run these long distances, I'm also like pretty much trying to run the entire time. Unless, you know, I mean, there's obviously like certain races where, you know, you're you're going uphill like this. You, hiking is going to be a little bit more efficient. But especially races where you got to use poles or stuff like that, then, you know, hiking is what's going to happen. But if it's runnable, I'm trying to run it. But um, like track speed workouts or anything like that and I'm out I won't I don't do any of that I have no desire to do it I I wasn't classically trained I never did cross country um so I don't have anything in my heart that says like oh I got to do that or I want to do it I don't enjoy it so again when it comes down to it it's like I want to do things I enjoy and I like and speed workouts are not one of those things so the nice thing about being an adult is if you don't like something you don't have to do it and so i don't do it and it's awesome
1: preach yeah heck yeah man it is awesome uh, <laughs> and i think it's good for people to hear because again you know the questions come through um in fact so one of the guys uh brian zikafoos who's just an amazing runner ran in a, uh, i mean one of the top i think 100k times for 2020 you know but that was his first thing was like
2: before the Hoka one challenge
1: before, Yeah. Well, that was in January. <laughs> oh, okay. So, um, But either way, incredible runner. But, you know, right away, he just said, how's this guy doing? I want to know about his recovery. I want to know about his nutrition. But obviously, his training is a little bit different, right? I mean, he is right. at, at speed work, and it's very regimented. Um. So I think it's just good for people to get calibrated on the fact that you're going out, you're having a great time, you're keeping your heart rate low, you're keeping it pretty easy. And you're just kind of a low stress and enjoyment. Um, and obviously, we'll we'll talk in a minute kind of about recovery which uh you know sounds like it's running around the fire station for 20 miles <laughs> but but Fine but it. he is introducing variability
2: yes. by doing the mountain training and everything it, it's it's a replacement of of speed work so, so going back to um running efficiency like you said that you you feel you're a very efficient runner what do you think um some things people can do to improve their running efficiency is it things like cadence is it um just
0: body positioning what is it that makes an efficient runner in your opinion I mean, definitely body position is a big thing. Um, You know, making sure you're in that, that proper, like where your hips are and your chest is out and, you know, so you can get proper air into your lungs. Um, Being on the, you know, again, I'm not a running coach and I, you know, this may be bad advice, but you know, I'm on the balls of my feet most of the time. I, I think it's important not to heel strike. And for me, it's like, heart rate thing too like i'm not trying to get my heart rate really high so i look at like um you know my maximum heart rate and then like i'm i try to keep somewhere between like 60 and 80 percent, so that i'm in that like fat burning zone yeah keeping that heart rate where you should be you should be able to talk and I, i i do talk on the phone quite a bit when i run so that keeps my heart rate where it needs to be because you know if i if i can't talk then i'm like oh i'm going too hard um And so, yeah, heart rate and then, yeah, proper, you know, proper running technique. But again, I, I, you know, I've read some books and they kind of broke down how, how you should be. I don't know. I think over running thousands of thousands of miles, like my gait and the way I run is very specific to my body. Um, If you know me and you've run with me, most people can say they can always tell that it's me just based on. How I look when I'm running. I have like a very specific, like, you know, uh, technique or something. So everyone's always like, oh, yeah, I saw you because they could tell the way I looked as I was running. So I don't know if that's good or if that's bad, but I mean, it it works for me.
1: I'll be honest, there's like so many things I want to grab onto. So here's here's what we're going to do because I want to make sure that we get the information out, uh, you know, and answer some of the questions that were asked. So I'm going to kind of go through a list, but let's start, man. From the moment you wake up, kind of walk us through a day in the life. I know you mentioned a little bit, you know, you get up, have some coffee, you do some different things, um, but just walk us through. Okay. The alarm clock goes off right now. It's two 30. I think prior to December is three 30. So you've been working that back, but uh, two 30 alarm goes off. What's next. What does your day
0: look like? So I, I, I go out, I take a picture of my watch cause I'm like holding myself accountable. I do. I'm doing the whole uh, Jocko thing with the, uh, you know taking a picture of my watch to hold myself accountable i get my espresso ready i'm a big espresso drinker and uh right now i'm like i'm, I'm big on i i get a granola bar and i coat it in like a thick layer of peanut butter and i eat that um i drink like uh i'll drink a sparkling water like a can of sparkling water with my espresso and uh Lately, because my mileage has been going up, then now I'm eating even more. So I'm maybe having two granola bars or a granola bar and like a fig bar or something like that. But just to try to get maybe five or 600 calories in my stomach before I start running. Get dressed and, you know, I play on my phone a little bit and can try to like wake up, go to the bathroom and then I'm out the door pretty much just, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the morning. And then, uh, and, th- and then, again, this is like, I do this at work too, but um, obviously works a sort of different thing because at any point I could get a nine one one call and have to go run it. So at home, I just you know I go out the door and I run. Um, sometime you know it'll be sometime in three three thirty, sometime around there I'll, I'll start running. So I, I give myself a, a good uh, good hour to wake up.
1: So you're not doing any kind of stretching rolling meditation any any kind of the the typical you may hear people talk about morning routine type stuff
0: yeah no i've never i never stretched my entire life um and i mean I'll, I'll do like some dynamic stretching you know like sort of just kind of like moving my legs around or walking before i jog but i'm really really inflexible like steel pole inflexible and i have been that way my entire life i remember you know, my football coach sitting on my back going, Blaze, you will touch your toes. Like, no, sir, I don't think I will. And uh, I still have never touched my toes. So um, whenever I stretch, because, you know, you read the books, you get the coaches to tell you this stuff, I always end up injuring myself. I always get a pulled muscle or or something. And so eventually I just said, I'm not stretching anymore because, it, you know, I, I don't see the benefit. Um I know it works for a lot of people. Again, Mike, uh, I'll, I'll say it every time. Uh, don't listen to me. I, I don't, you know, my advice is what works for me, but I don't stretch. So I go out cold. My first mile or so is going to be pretty slow because, you know, that's my warm up, that's my dynamic stretching. Um, and then kind of like with negative splits, like I just sort of slowly warm up. And it seems like with these higher volume days and everything, it might take me five miles to warm up. Plus, it's like I'm running in the dark, it's cold out, so it takes me even longer to warm up because I'm just like out there just sort of, you know, it, it, it's hard for me to like get real motivated until like the sun kind of like starts shining or the warmth starts coming. It works because right now my wife's in nursing school, so she wakes up and has to do her little online nursing school stuff and then all my kids are on zoom class so you know they're in class and by the time I finish uh like around 11 or 12 I eat and then my kids are in you know they they finish class around like one something so I'll take like a quick nap kind of just like refresh wake up and uh, you know go on throughout the day you know I pretty much just eat if I'm awake and I'm not running I'm eating so. Once I wake up from my nap, I just eat, 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 and then when it's like nighttime and the kids are, you know, winding down and doing tablet time or whatever they're doing, playing Xbox, and I'll go out and you know run a little bit more, and then wake up and do it again. So,
2: that's interesting. You um you touched on your family and everything there, and um that's one of the more popular questions we get. And I, I'll be honest, my, my wife was her first question was, "Is he married?" Does he have kids, you know, like all that kind of stuff. So how, how do you navigate some of the, the family balance and some of the things that, that obviously would come into this? Um, you undoubtedly have a very supportive family. Um, does it, is that an issue of having to balance this sometimes for you?
0: Um, may, I mean, maybe in the beginning, but um, I've been doing it for so long, not so much anymore. Uh, I, I think it's one of the reasons that I wake up so early is I get the bulk of my mileage when they're everyone's still sleeping so that's helpful because you know I think to myself well it's not like I'm missing out on anything and then like you know they're in class so unless it's like a weekend I'm not really missing much if it's a weekend I might you know run a little less so that I'm back you know maybe 10 or 11 so that I get a little bit more time with the kids and everything but it ends up working out and then again because my wife's in school and and honestly my wife is she pushes me to do this crazy stuff almost like more than i do like she's the one that was like no you're gonna run a thousand miles in january and i'm like i don't know i don't and like, no, you will do it And i was like oh okay so um you know it, it's nice to have that aspect she when we met i was just starting to do 100 milers so she's sort of seen the whole craziness and has always been really supportive and um, helpful. So now she's like, uh, she's cooking for me and all that. I I normally am like the cook, but because I'm like so exhausted and running so much, like I'll come home. Like today I came home from my 30 miler and she had like two sandwiches ready for me and like all, everything just ready to go. And I literally just sat down and just started eating. It was so amazing. and she does that a lot for me. So I, I'm pretty lucky as far as how supportive she is. I mean, the kids think I'm crazy, but you know, once once they see their dad running this much all the time, it's it gets just like normal, right? Like your dad runs a lot. So, you know, they'll be like, how many miles do you run today? And I'll be like, oh, 30. And they'll go, mm, that's pretty good. You know, and I'm thinking to myself, pretty good. That's like almost a 50K, but you know, it doesn't even impress them anymore. You know, just like, oh. And if I run like 10 miles, they're like, that's it. It's like, yeah, that's all I had time for. Like, but uh, they're a bit
1: jaded when it comes to that sort of thing. So well, it's funny you say that. I was going through your feed today, just kind of looking at some stuff, and it made me think, you know, and this is the exact thing I thought of, you know, when gas is like two bucks, then it jumps up to like four bucks, and, and it's like, holy crap, that's high. And then it comes down to three. It's like, uh, ah. like that's good, right? Yeah. It dropped down to three, but it's still really high. I was watching, looking at your mileage and going back as you post. Hey, this month I did this and this month. So knowing what you did, as, you know, started going back into some of the early 2020. It's like, hey, I ran 100. I mean, uh, um, yeah, 160 miles this week. Yeah, and I found myself going, eh, I'm at 60 miles. Then <laughs> I was yeah, like, I, had I to, like, know it's great. I, it crazy. One of the questions I do have because I know everybody's wondering injury have you had a history of injury obviously it's impressive right now that that it's not something that that you deal with have you had injuries in the past that you've had to work through or has that just never really been a problem for you
0: not really um i mean when i first maybe started getting into ultras i think i had some like uh like plantar fasciitis or whatever you say it's issues um i remember the doctor telling me to like not run so much and so i just got a different doctor that's what i'm doing right now i just (laughs) just upped my mileage and eventually went away so um beyond that like not really besides trauma um no real injuries i mean i've obviously fallen a bunch if you look at my instagram and stuff like i have a history of uh, of tripping i guess would be a nice way to put it and hurting myself so beyond that um I've I've been fairly healthy. I mean, I I sort of have a couple plans. I mean, I, I I'm real um, neurotic about changing my shoes out, and uh, I think that that plays a big big role in as far as like injuries when it comes to your like legs and your feet. So on that note, yeah. As soon as my, what, what do you run in, and how many miles
1: do you put in them? For, as far as shoes go.
0: Yeah. So I I run in uh, Hoka Cliftons. Um, right now I'm, I'm still running in the sixes because a uh, little pro tip here, if you buy last year's model, it's super cheap. And so what I'll do is when the, like when the seven came out, I went online and I bought like 15 pairs of the sixes. Cause they're only 99 bucks <laughs> and I, they're all like stacked up in my living room, you know, and, and I'll run on those all year until the eights come out and then I'll buy all the sevens. And I, I've been doing this for a long time, but um, you know, it's a way to say it. when you're, i change them out probably like around 450 miles and so when you (laughs) run a thousand miles in a month you know you end up going through a lot of shoes and it becomes expensive so uh i i've always like told people that you know your your shoes should never celebrate a birthday for one and two it's like you know i think it's the number one thing that causes injury is people either in old shoes or incorrect shoes because we all strike differently and shoes are like set up for, um, you know, specific type of people. So like the biggest advice to avoid injury for me is to to be in proper shoes and make sure they're not too old. Um, Go to a good running store with a video camera where they, you know, videotape you running and, you know, do the whole thing. Try on 10 pairs and figure out what pair works the best for you. But, uh, you know, for me, the Hoka Clifton works and I've been running them for years. And so I just, you know, I keep going. I haven't really tried. I mean, I started in, I think I started in ASICS back in the day, and then I switched to Brooks, but once I found Hoka, I haven't ever turned back. So, and I'm not sponsored or an ambassador and I don't want to be. So I'm just, just telling you guys what I like
2: well you just gave us permission to at least convince our wives to let us get more shoes yeah i need 16
1: pairs
0: for a while i was obsessed with the clifton three and i think at one point i bought like 26 pairs i found like some retail place that was selling them for like 60 bucks and i bought 26 pairs of them and i went through them all so i didn't like the fours and i didn't like the fives and i'm still running into threes like two years later because i had all these shoes I got problems, you know, when it comes to,
1: (laughs) to you got a lot of shoes,
0: a lot of, I got a lot. I'm like a gear junkie. I have every, everything you could possibly imagine. I try it out. And if I like it, I use it. And if I don't, I give it away or it sits in a bin. So I like all the running gear. You know, I I have the best watch. I have, you know, everything is, you know, if you're going to run as much as I do, you're going to spend some money on it.
1: All so. right, uh, man. So let's touch on that. We know the shoes I've heard you say, uh, I think I might run with the same cause I've got the Nathan, uh, the vapor car pack. I think that's what you said you're right. running with. Mm-hmm. What are, what are a couple other, or, you know, if, if they said, Hey man, you're going to go to an Island, you're going to go run the desert or whatever. And you could take, you know, three key pieces of, of gear with you. What is your go-to must have?
0: Uh, so, I mean, you gotta have healthy feet. I think, um, I run in feature socks, which are like F-E-E-T, features. Mm -hmm. And I do the like Murano wool tens or something like that. I I love them. Um, They're expensive. They're like 16 bucks a pair, which is upsettingly expensive. But um, I don't get blisters. I don't have foot problems. You can, you know, run through water and they dry quickly. Uh, They keep your feet warm. They keep your feet, you know, not warm if it's hot it's, I I love them. So healthy feet would be, you know, the Clifton's and the, and the socks. Um, I love my aftershocks, which are like my uh, bone conducting uh, headset. It's, you know, you can still use your ears and it like, they kind of sit right here. Uh, Absolutely love them. And then probably my like Garmin watch. I use the Phoenix right now. I have the 6X Pro Solar, which, I love, I've had every Phoenix that they've made. I, I've, I've been running Garmin for probably 10 or 15 years. As soon as they first started coming out with GPS where you'd upload it to like an Excel file or something. I mean, I've had it, so. Um, but you know, just on a side note, you know, I, I haven't done a lot of Ultra since the 6X came out but I just did that 100K yesterday and it took me like 10 and a half hours and my watch battery only went down like 26%. So I I was pretty happy with that because my old, the 5X, I used to have to like charge it after 50 miles while I was running. But I think I'll be able to, you know, run hundred mile races without charging my watch, which is cool. It charges while I'm running in the sun, which is pretty remarkable. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I love it. So, but again, no sponsorships, no ambassadorships, don't want them. I just, you know, whatever works for me is what I use. So I have no brand loyalty at all. If something else comes along and it's better, then I'll switch to it immediately. So
2: is that why you choose not to have sponsorships because you don't want to, to feel locked into something
0: like that? Or is there yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I was like raised on sort of like punk rock music and, you know, F corporations and stuff like that. So I don't want to feel like a corporate whore and uh i i you know i have a lot of friends and you know, god bless them but uh you know i don't want to sit there and like hold a goo and be like this is great on my instagram i just I, I can't i can't emotionally commit to that um i have a really good job that you know compensates me really really well and i don't i don't need free stuff so i mean i'm lucky in that sense but uh yeah i just I want to use what works for me and what makes me happy. And I don't want to feel like I have to do something that, you know, because I'm sponsored or an ambassador or whatever, you know, I just, I don't want to have to apply and, you know, prove myself. I mean, I, I got friends that are like some of the most talented ultra runners in the world. And because they only have like 3000 followers on Instagram, they, you know, they can't get sponsored. Whereas some somebody with like 20,000 followers that runs like, Three miles a week you know get sponsored and it, to me it's it's just a joke it's just a total joke so well the good news is i think
2: if you're buying as many hokas as you're buying they don't want to give them to you free exactly
0: <laughs> yeah. i know <don't>, they're like, <laughs> like win win yeah exactly. right <laughs> you're perfect for us <laughs> I'm, I'm their like their, their core like what they want they want a guy <laughs> like me that just runs a ton and you know just keeps buying their stuff
2: I respect that a lot, though. I really respect that a lot. And I appreciate you saying that, to be honest with you. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah. Well, can can, can I just say one thing real quick? Anything. So um, I get a lot of questions about recovery. And so I took some notes and I'm I'm just going to like read them out like pretty basic, like awesome. So for my recovery, um, obviously, I talked about my shoes. I drink a lot of water, um, a lot of water, like, you know, probably a gallon a day, at least I'm a thirsty person. And so I don't have an issue with like consuming large amounts of water. And I think that that really helps with flushing the lactic acid out of my system and just flushing the toxins out and getting that inflammation down. Um, two, I don't I don't drink alcohol or do drugs. I mean, occasionally I'll have a drink, but I think in like 2020, I drank twice and it was like my birthday and you know, some fancy dinner and that's it. So no alcohol, no drugs, um, naps. I'm, I'm big on naps. I I, I am a vegan, and I, I've eaten plant-based food for over 15 years. I've only been a vegan for a year, but I think that um, you know eating healthy is important to recovery. Uh, there's a lot of um, inflammatory properties in certain foods, like including dairy and meat and and refined sugars. So avoiding things like that um, will helps me recover because I don't get so inflamed um, from my food and then like for me also like I, i'm a big fan of uh, active recovery so after i do a, like a hard workout like say i run 30 miles in the morning maybe in the evening when i run i'm looking at that as more of like an active recovery so that i don't lock up and then the next day i'm sore i like uh i use the exercise it'll be a, a lower um effort but it'll like keep my body moving and and keep the blood flowing into all my muscles and so when i wake up the next day I, I'm feeling fresher than I probably would if I were to just taken the whole day off. So I know, again, I get a lot of questions about that. And I, I wish there was some like better answer to like, how does he recover? I probably don't recover um, on the traditional sense. But again, uh, I run slow. I don't do speed workouts. And then all those other things I just said um, help with the recovery. So,
1: so I've heard we're, you mentioned naps a couple of times. How critical do you think those naps are? Like how long is, how long is your nap? I mean, I would, I would love to talk myself into taking a nap each day. I don't know that I could, but, um, oh, I could take one. I just get yelled at. But do you think that it would, yeah. impact, do you think it would impact you that negatively based off of what you're doing right now? Do you think that would be a game changer if you didn't get naps?
0: No, I mean, it would just make the second run a little bit more challenging. I mean, I obviously, you know, I don't always get naps at work, you know, I mean, but, and, and I'm still able to like do what I, what I do um i just love naps i've always had always have loved naps i mean even when i wasn't doing this i've, I've been a napper my whole life uh the key is to find a wife that also likes to nap because that's that's the game changer um because then she will nap with you and then you don't get in trouble yeah mine, so, likes, to, um, mine
2: likes to nap with me too but that's just the problem she can't
0: always nap when i want to nap yeah.
2: <laughs> right, right, well,
0: but you know, my naps can be, you know, fifteen minutes, or they can be like an hour. I mean, it just, it, it just depends on time frames and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it depends what I have going on in the day. Um, but yeah, I, I, I like them. I think it's good, especially because I'm only getting like four to four and a half hours of sleep a night. A little nap can like really refresh me. Uh, I wake up feeling like really, really good and like ready to like take on the rest of the day. So, so then total sleep in twenty four hours, you're looking between five and five and a half hours a day, if you count your night na- night time and then your nap. Yeah, day. yeah, mm-hmm. so somewhere around there. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So last night, because I ran that hundred k yesterday, um, I came home and I was like, I was pretty wrecked. I'm not gonna lie, you know. In my mind, I'm like, oh, I'm gonna go out for a five mile jog when I get home. Like, no, I did not. In fact, I took a shower and got into bed, and um, so I fell asleep at like seven o'clock, like super early for me. And at 1130, my body woke up and went, all right, you've slept for four and a half hours. It's time to time to like do stuff. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm sleeping until 230. I'm not waking up at 11. And it was so hard to go back to sleep. But uh, yeah, today's been great because I think I got like, you know, seven hours of sleep last night. I feel like a million bucks, which is probably why I was able to also do 30 miles today.
1: That's fantastic! It's freaking incredible, man. Um, so let me ask. I'll, we'll fast forward. Do you have the same kind of notes around nutrition?
0: Yeah, I, I did take a little, like a couple, just because uh, I felt like the last sort of interviews, I haven't given the best answers. But I, yeah, I, I tried to take a couple, couple notes. So, so to lay the
1: groundwork. Like
0: you said, you, you you've been vegetarian for a long time. You
1: cut out ve- um dairy. Dairy. Mm-hmm. So you're you're vegan. Um, I have heard you say that, you know, you, you don't really care in terms of some of the protein, you do a lot of fat, a lot of carbs. Uh, we did have a question, your favorite, uh, vegan protein. So I don't know if you can answer that.
0: Yeah. Jerry Garcia wanted to know. Um, I, I tend to like it's, so it's called TVP, which is textured vegetable protein. And, um, there's lots of different brands that make like different TVP and, and that tends to be what I like. Like the best when it comes to like fake meats and stuff. Um, although I do really love tofu and I, um, but yeah, I, I, probably the TVP is probably the best. Like right now, I mean, I'm not a huge like fake beef person, but those Impossible Burgers are pretty phenomenal when you when it comes to like you know making like fake meat stuff. Like you can buy it like ground beef style, so you can make tacos with it or. Um, i make like barbecue beef sandwiches and you can uh, sloppy Joe's. You can do so many things with it. Um, it's, it's pretty good, but as long as it's vegan, pretty much it's, it's, it's all pretty good. So right now I, I am doing like Lara bars, these like fig bars that you can get at Costco that are vegan. And then these things called foosballs, balls, which are like these little date circles that have peanut butter and jelly on the inside. They're amazing. Uh, uh, I get them at Trader Joe's. They're from like uh, New Zealand or something, I'm, uh, but they're vegan and they're really, really good. So I- I'm looking for small things that have like a high amount of calories in them and that like my body like doesn't reject when I eat them when I'm running. So um, like anything I experiment, I'm like, hey, does this work? Does this work? If it doesn't work, then I get rid of it. If it does work, then I buy a thousand of them. So right now, those are the three things that are working for me. Um, so let me, yeah.
2: let me interrupt a little minute. Um, <clears throat> so I think yesterday, or maybe yesterday was a Sunday, you did the um, 60, 65 miles roughly. Um, and I think you said it was all self-supported. Um, what all did you carry from a nutrition standpoint? And I, I know from the last podcast that, that we listened to, you have gotten to where you don't require a lot of calories when you run um right well, since it was self-supported and you knew you had to get to the to the beach I think where you're running to from where you started um and 60 some odd miles away did you carry extra stuff did you carry everything you needed um
0: like what all did you carry with you on that run so um yeah when I 60 something miles I, I'm gonna have to bring some calories and I I ate them early on and um like you know, normally I'll try to like in the long run, or I'll, I won't really eat. But like I started eating. I think every hour I was like trying to take in like a couple hundred calories at least, um, at least a hundred every hour. And then as I got further and further into the race, or not race, and the run, I got hungrier. So then I ate a little bit more. But um, I carried everything with me except at mile forty-seven. Uh, I was running down the trail and there was like a mobile gas station, and I pulled off and uh, I drank a Red Bull, which was pretty awesome. Uh, I'm a huge, huge fan of Red Bull. Um, I had this race in China. It's a, lo- it's a whole other story, but basically, I, I was falling, I fell asleep while I was running, which is, I've only done it once and it was, it was a weird experience, right? Like, I was literally running in the middle of China in the dark and i woke up when my knees hit my chest and i had to be like what what's going on and then i realized oh i'm running a hundred mile race in china and my buddy jared passed me and i was telling him how i was struggling and he goes oh they have these red bulls at the aid stations you should check them out and it pretty much changed my life so (laughs) um i i do really enjoy a good red bull during races i find the caffeine and the uh carbohydrate mix just is is, is pretty incredible so I, I did drink that but everything else I I brought um, my water my food I think I, I I calculated including the Red Bull I consumed right around 1800 calories for the whole thing and I probably drank 10 ounces of water and then one red Bull so for the 64 miles how much water did you drink throughout you said how many like, like about 10 ounces maybe somewhere Total.
1: around that 10 Total. ounces
0: is like yeah just like I, I filled up one of my little bladders like halfway it, i was i just you know i i try not to drink a whole lot when it comes to that i just want to wet my mouth which impressive. i, I better the issue is is i ran out of water at the end and the last last three or four miles was a little little brutal because i was so thirsty my my wife called and i said uh She's like, I'm here. And I go, okay, I'm two miles out. I need you to go get me fluids. I don't care what you get. And she got me an iced tea, a water, and a like sparkling water. And I got to the car and I drank all of them, like within like 45 seconds. I was so thirsty. So I wouldn't recommend that, but, you know, it is what it is. I, I made it through. So, so that blows me <laughs> away, man. And especially
1: the 1,800 calories with 10 ounces of water, it's hard for me to wrap my head around um but for everybody listening because we know because we've heard you say it on a standard say
0: you know 20, your, your your
1: 20 to 30 mile runs um I think people would be surprised to hear that a lot of times you're carrying maybe a Larabar, 100 calories you don't really do a whole lot of fueling or hydrating on on kind of your standard day-to-day training run or I don't want to call it training but your day-to-day runs is that correct these are day-to-day marathons yeah
0: It is, it is during the winter. Like there's something about like cold weather that makes me not thirsty and not need water. I don't sweat. So, but as soon I live in Southern California and it gets really, really hot in my city, like way over a hundred on most days during the summer. And I will drink a lot of water in the summertime. So I I think I'm just right now, I don't need it because you know, my body's not sweating. And if it's not sweating and I'm, and I, again, like I'm saying, I'm just cruising. Mm -hmm. I'm not like crazy, exerting myself. I'm just burning fat. So it doesn't it doesn't really need much,
1: you know. Uh, Clearly, you've got discipline, you're getting up at 230 in the morning, Um, I think people would be interested in what you kind of do if you have any strategies for that. One of the things that hit me the most probably almost more impressive than the 8000 miles run was your goal that you set for yourself in 2020 was to not eat. One sweet, right, or or any dessert (laughs) throughout the whole year, um, and you were successful. And to me, it actually made sense when I thought, okay, how is this guy doing the runs? How is he getting up at two thirty? When I could wrap my head around the fact that you could go a year without a put, you know, putting one sweet in your mouth, I thought, okay, he's got a he's got discipline down. Like this is a lifestyle for him. For anybody listening that says, hey, you know, I want to take the next step or I want to get better at what I'm doing. Um, are there any strategies, advice, something like that you would do just to say, "Hey, this is how I dialed in my discipline over time," or, or th- "This is the trick that I use."
0: I think you know you have to get comfortable with the fact that it's going to be uncomfortable whenever you're doing something like that. Um, it, I think, it takes about six weeks to form a habit, and so you have to wrap your mind around the fact that whatever you're doing that you need to be disciplined about, it's going to take you about six weeks to, to, to like form that habit and make it so that it's easier. And six weeks is a long time for a lot of people. Uh, when it was, you know, giving up sugar, you know, sugar is very addictive and, uh, you know, you crave it, you know, you, you have to find things that will distract you from, from wanting that sort of, uh, that easy fix. Um, if it's, you know, discipline about running however many miles a day or, or, or whatever it is, you just, you have to get comfortable with being uncomfortable and you have to hold yourself accountable. You know, like I say, I take a picture of my watch and it's like, if you listen to Jocko talk about it, it's the same thing. He's like, I don't care if people like it or don't like it or anything. Like he's doing it to hold himself accountable and, and, I'm, and I'm doing it to hold myself accountable because, uh, and I don't always wake up at 2.30. Like sometimes at work, will run calls all night and I'll get zero sleep and I will sleep from two thirty to three 30 and then get up. Um, so, and I still take a picture from my watch and it's like, yeah, whatever. And people will message me and be like, what'd well, you sleep in? It's like, no, I didn't sleep in. I was up all night running 911 calls. So back off a little bit. All right. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it is funny how people react to that, but uh, I, I think the hardest thing is, is with discipline is just, you have to really just get comfortable with it it just sucking and just embracing that suck and whatever you're doing, because obviously if you're, if you're doing something that involves discipline, then it's probably uh, not super fun because, you know, people always want the softer, easier route. And if you do the softer, easier route all the time, then you're not going to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish. So suffer a little bit, and then in the long run, it'll all hopefully work out. But in the beginning, it's 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 gonna suck.
2: Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because we we talk a lot about this idea of discipline, um, just not even with other guests, but with each other as well. Um, and a lot of people are, are waiting to feel motivated first, um, and forgetting the fact that I think if you are disciplined first, the motivation follows. But if you're waiting to be motivated to have a discipline, it just never really happens. Um, and so, and, that, I think, and that's I what I'm saying.
0: Right. It, it takes a long time to to form that habit, and so you'll start to, you know, people want instant results, you know, and if they don't get those instant results, then they're not going to get that motivation. And it's so you, like you said, you got to get that discipline first. And then over time you'll start to get the results and then the results will give you the motivation. But if you mix up that order, you're going to fail. I think also like, you know, thinking about the whole discipline thing, being able to like set goals and running and then complete them like helps me set goals in life and and complete them um because i know it's possible and i know um if you take a thousand bites out of an elephant you'll eventually eat it you know so uh same as an ultra right you're like 100 miles that's so far but you know a couple hundred thousand steps later and you're done same same with any goal in life like you know if you say like oh i want to you know, I want this promotion or I want, you know, I want to save up this money. It might seem like, you know, that's a really hard goal to do, but if you just slowly whittle away at it and you have that discipline and realize that it's, it's more about the journey than the the finish line, then you'll get there. And, and so I think that it's helped me on that level too.
2: So we're talking about goals. Do you, I'm gonna just go and ask you point blank. Um, do you have a goal to run 200 miles a week and for how long?
0: Oh yeah, I don't I, I don't wanna to commit to anything on that. I, I, I'm, <laughs> I think it's a bit insane what, what I've already done. So the thing is so many things can go wrong. Like, and I think the biggest one is just getting sick. It's so hard to run when you're sick. And I've been fortunate enough not to get COVID yet, but like, like half of my fire department has had it. And I just know, eventually I'm going to get it. And when I get it, it's going to, it's going to knock anything out. So I don't want to get like too crazy with like, Oh, I'm going to do 200 mile weeks for this long because I know eventually I'm going to get COVID and it's going to, it's going to end that, that streak. But um, it also is like right now, hundred mile week is just so, so easy for me that like by doing the 200 mile week, it's like actually challenging again. And so it's kind of reinvigorated my, like, like challenge level, you know, it's like, oh, 200 miles, it's hard. And especially when I'm working like four or five days in a week, I'm like, I have to sit down and like, oh, how am I I'm writing stuff out? Like, how am I going to do this? I'm, you know, and, and on those weeks, I'll get like exactly 200 miles. And if I get exactly 200 miles, you know, I was busy that week. Um, whereas like, obviously this week, when I got 276, I had five days off, so. You know i had a lot of unchecked time to to do what i wanted but um yeah i don't really want to commit to the uh the how how long i'm going to do it because i just don't know but you know I'm, I'm, I'm nothing special when it comes to like when you see people that are like really really fast or do all these crazy things i'm just kind of like i'm just a like a, a normal guy with a running problem <laughs> i love that <laughs> not a bad problem yeah, well, better than a drinking problem or something I like agree, that. I agree, man.
1: That, that's, I look at the same exact way. I freaking love it, man. Um, I really have enjoyed spending the time with you, uh, you know, just listening to your perspective on things. One of the things that we talk about a lot, and if you see us post, um, and one of the messages we want to get out is that people could do more than they think they can do. We can all do more than we think we that we can do and so you've been setting that example man and so for us you know for everybody listening i think the message like we always say is is just show up continue to do what you can do and hopefully from you know listening to andy uh talk with us tonight that hopefully that's expanded some of the mind and you've got some ideas on like hey i I can do these things and i can do more than i'm doing now um, and on that note, man, I'm super excited next time we sit down with you to talk about one of the other philosophies that we've heard you say is, uh, I'm a failure. And I love that about myself and you've got some races and you got some experiences and I think it really flows into the mindset. And so we're really excited to sit down and talk about that. I think that's going to be an incredible discussion with that. Uh, just thank you so much for spending the time with us and, um, we'll be talking soon. Thanks, All man. right, thank you guys so yeah. much. Yep. thank you. All right, and... don't oh.
2: Cut. Cut. <laughs> so You have one last shot to do this um, or else Andy's gonna just drop off. Yeah, uh,
0: yeah I, of I, I can do it. So uh, welcome right. to am <laughs> right? If I look at you guys like this, then it looks like I'm not looking at you, right? Yeah, so, but. I love talking
2: about running. Well, that's just it, we all do, and that's the problem, that's why it makes my life insane. <laughs> she goes, oh, you just found another vehicle to kind of talk about running all the time. I was like, kind of. Should Did we tell him how bad we are at
0: this? Nah, I it out. Yeah, oh. see, I'm like, I'm ready to go, I already got, I got my shorts on, and, uh, as soon as this is done, I'm, I'm going running into it, so. Oh my God. So that brings me to my next point, so we record everything, which is awesome, <laughs> and then back- okay. I'm new to this too, you know, it's like all of a sudden everyone wants to talk to me, and you know. So never before things, so man. i'm just i'm just kind of rolling with it you know like you said nobody cares who cares let's just do this thing your wife's gonna be so proud <laughs>
2: mine often is now my face is bright red and uh, that that's, that's gonna awesome, start up.
0: if you have anything wrong with you go my, right my answer is always go run
2: Always go like, run.
0: Oh, you sprained your ankle? Yeah, you should probably run on that. It'll make it stronger. Oh, you, uh, you know, you can't see out of your eye? Yeah, go run. I mean, I, <laughs> I literally, that's my answer for everything. Yeah.